MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, Future Alex here, just letting you know that we do have an Instagram page. It's at MyWaxMuseum. And you might be wondering, well, Alex, how does that work? You've got a podcast. Well, before I record each of these interviews, I actually ask each guest 15 simple questions. They give the answers, and then I share some of those answers with you on Instagram. It's pretty cool because it's not just a clip from the show. It's something totally different. And we get to learn some pretty cool things, like odd opinions that our guests have. I'm going to be sharing a clip from Devin later in this episode, so stay tuned for that. And again, that's at MyWaxMuseum or Instagram.com slash MyWaxMuseum. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Devin Day. Devin is a creative guy, and we talk about a lot of different things, including hunting, fishing, veganism, and how everybody should try it at least once, as well as the constant challenges Devin gives himself, including doing cold showers like he was doing during the time of this recording. And remember, after today's show, make five minutes in your day to listen intently to the people around you. Devin Day, welcome to My Wax Museum. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. You're one of, I think, the few people who I know exclusively from school um, that I've had on the show. Um, and so, so it's kind of interesting. Do you remember how we met or at least where we met and would you mind filling in the audience on how that went down yeah so it happened on the first day of a new semester i believe it was either the spring or the fall um i can't remember but yeah i walked into class and i always do like a quick look around at all the people just to see if anyone like i know is there but i definitely remember meeting you like pretty quickly i think we're both kind of people who are I don't know, a little bit more reserved, but also very social. So I, I definitely remember us talking in that first class. It was uh, Dr. Wiblin's class for our history uh, class that we had had. But then the funny thing was that the class immediately after that in our government class, we had it together as well. And I was like, oh, cool. Like that kid's in, in my first class. Um, so I think that's where you and I had like first met. And just little by little, I think you and I started talking a little bit more and realized that like, oh, okay, like, Mm -hmm. He's chill. He's cool. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so too, because that that was exactly my my thought. Um, I remember I didn't like I I don't think I noticed right away that we were in the same class. I think it was like the second week of class that I was like, "Aren't you in Doctor Wiblin's class right before this?" Because I remember in Sister Kirkham's class, you sat like right behind me, and because it was just up the stairs from Doctor Wiblin's class. We were always the first ones there, so we were always kind of in that initial, you know, 10, 15-minute conversation before the start of class. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember we've had some good conversations. And then just this past spring, uh, we had another class together. And I was like, oh, it's nice to see, you know, somebody that, I, that I've had class with before. Um, so on, on that topic, what's your major, actually? It was history education. Um, I actually just changed it. So with this whole COVID situation, um, my wife's uncle, so I guess my uncle-in-law, he had asked, he's a teacher, and he had asked me, you know, if the present situation keeps up, 
would you be okay teaching remotely? Like, is that, is that what you're signing up for? And I really thought about that kind of as a, a question I hadn't thought about. And thinking about it, honestly, I realized, no, this isn't what I signed up for. I, I wanted to teach in person. And that's something I felt like I could do pretty well at. But, you know, with the COVID situation, I started to look into other things. And I basically was just venting my frustrations to my wife. And I said, if I could just do anything where I got paid a decent amount to just be out in the woods, which is where I feel most at home, I'll take it. And she's very smartly asked, uh, well, have you looked into anything? And I realized I hadn't. So I started looking around and I found this major um, after a little bit of exploring and trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. The, the major is fisheries range and wildlife management. Um, so basically, uh, with an emphasis in wildlife management, that is, but I'll basically be a biologist, a wildlife scientist. So that's what I'm going for now. And unless you take any other classes, I don't think we'll have any future history classes together, <laughs> unfortunately, but um, that's that's my new major now. So That is super cool, actually. I've, I've never talked to anybody in that major. Obviously, I'm surrounded by people who are history majors or social studies education majors or the like. So that is, that is very interesting. And I kind of, I want to get there. But before before we kind of move in that direction, I want to start with where you're from originally. Yeah, I'm from, uh, I always just claim Montana is where I'm from. I mean, I was born in Utah. Um, I believe that my parents wanted to be closer to family at that time. So we were in Utah um, throughout the first few years as a child. But pretty quickly, we moved up to Montana. And that's where I grew up. Um, that's where I have most of my memories is in Montana. So that's where I claim the Missoula area. Uh, just south of there, there's a place called Corvallis, not Corvallis, Oregon, like most people confuse it, but it's just a tiny little podunk town. And that's where I grew up. That's awesome. Yeah, I love Montana. And, and you've talked about um, already about being out in the woods and, and that that's where you feel most comfortable. And so I'm assuming living in Montana had something to do with that. Can you kind of tell me a little bit about your childhood? Like, did you guys get out in the woods a lot? Yeah, so uh, ever since I was a kid, I mean, I can remember my dad being an influence for me to get outside, go out in the woods, um, like do, do some exploring. And that's just kind of how I, how I came to love it. Um, I did, you know, scouting and stuff like that once i got older i realized that scouting was a joke uh, unless you have a great leader I, i'm not dogging on scouting by any means uh, the boy scouts of america is a great organization to get you out in the woods but i wanted to do more exploring and the leaders that i had were not great they were when i was younger but as i got older they got worse so i ended up doing my own thing and um i mean my my dad always took me out hunting and fishing and i I just came to love it mostly I think because of my dad it was a it was our time together being the only boy in my family you know it was it was always a treat when I got to spend time with dad because it was just the boys you know just us two hanging out so it started I think for with a love for that um, just being able to spend time with my dad and then it kind of developed into a thing that I actually became passionate about 
you, you said that it was, you know, largely about the time you spent with your dad, but then you started developing it as your own passion. I'm curious if while you were there, uh, did you have that same appreciation that you do now? Or like at least somewhat, did you think this is really nice? Or is it kind of only in retrospect that you take such pleasure from it? That's a good question. Um, I definitely think, unfortunately, a lot of my younger memories are more retrospect. Um, and I, the reason why I say unfortunately is because I, if it was something that I could keep the passion for um, from the time that I was younger, I feel like I'd probably be doing more with it. But yeah, it's, I think it's definitely more of a retrospective thing. But uh, it has developed into a passion for sure. And from a time that I was fairly young still, but I wish it was a passion from when I was a kid rather than just a bonding experience with me and my dad. But it is a memory and I still love it either way, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it's not like having a bonding experience with your dad is a bad thing. It's just that no. you maybe didn't have that same same passion that you have for it now. Exactly. Are there are there particular memories that you're thinking about when you're when you're telling me this any particular experiences yeah i actually remember uh one experience that me and my dad had where i think it was kind of in that transition time from just going and doing things with my dad to actually having a passion for it we it was during the bow season um and i wasn't old enough to bow hunt i don't think or maybe maybe i just didn't have my license but we found this tiny little, uh, you know, high mountain lake that we wanted to get up to. And we figured out how to get there. There was a little walking trail. It was about two miles long and it was pretty far out there in the middle of, of this mountain range. And we get out of the car and it's dark and it's very early in the morning. And as soon as we're pulling our fishing poles and my dad's bow out of the trunk, there's a wolf that's about 20 yards away from us in the tree line, just outside of this little dirt parking lot that we parked in that just screams at us through the trees and we both just like freeze and we're like, do we get back in the car or do we just go? And definitely it wasn't the smartest decision, but we, we went, we just decided to head on the trail cause it was opposite from where the wolf was. Um, but I, I have no doubt that that wolf saw us and was trying to scare us away or something. But the whole trip was just amazing. It started out with that cool, kind of scary experience and then we hunted the whole way and didn't see anything but when we got up to the lake we just fly fished all day long and every single cast we caught something i think i caught maybe 15 or 16 fish that day and my dad caught one more than i did um which is a trend for us you know one of us always catches more than the other but whoever catches less catches the bigger fish it's just a funny pattern it works out that way but uh if you've never seen or heard of an Arctic grayling before, definitely go look up a picture of what an Arctic grayling is. It's a kind of fish that has this massive, colorful, spotted blue sail on their back. And they're usually only found in high mountain lakes. Um, but yeah, we didn't catch anything else. It was just Arctic grayling the whole time. And it was just a, a really pretty time of the year. All the tamaracks were changing color, so they were all yellow. and um, it was just, it was an unreal experience. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the mountains are beautiful to begin with, but to go up fishing, uh, see a wolf, 
that like very cool experience. I, I I'm curious, did you get to keep any of the grayling? Um, I don't believe we did. Um, just because we didn't really need it. I mean, there's plenty of times where we've gone fishing or hunting and mainly just gone for meat. You know, it's not all about the trophies all the time, but we have a rule where on opening day of hunting trips, it's, it's antlers. We go for antlers for the first few days. And then pretty much after that, they're all gone anyway. So we go for meat after that. When, when it comes to fishing, usually we just let them go. Um, unless they're pretty old and big, then usually we may keep one or two just for our freezer. But yeah, I would say it's actually kind of funny looking back at that. I don't think we really did keep a lot of fish growing up. Just the, just the memories. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I personally love game meat. Um, and like elk or what was it? I think it was either elk or moose steak that I tried and, um, delicious, like the best steak of my life. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm curious in our, in our quick questions that we did before recording this interview, um, you mentioned that, uh, that you were vegan for a time. And, and so I'm curious cause like you're a hunter, you go hunting, right? You, you catch me, you obviously enjoy it. Yeah. Why, why were you vegan? And I guess how long were you vegan? I would say that my family has been vegan-ish for years, uh, ever since I was a little kid. But um, my mom went and got her master's in uh, Dr. Christopher's School of Herbology. So she's a master herbalist, and she's always been really concerned about health. And um, we we were doing a lot of research, and she was learning little by little that you know the amount of animal products that we consume is actually super unhealthy. And I didn't always agree with it, especially when we did this whole like little vegan for a year challenge. And that's how long it was was a year. We went vegan for the whole year together as a family. Um, but looking back, I definitely would say that you know when I was involved in wrestling, I never had a better better year. I could run farther than most of the people in on my team, um, which was funny because I was always like the smallest weight class. So, um, but I definitely never had a healthier time in my life when than when I was vegan. It was it was a very conscious effort, and I think the main thing that made the difference was because we are an outdoor hunting, fishing type of family. Was that my mom? you know, made the the agreement with us because the hunting season is at the closer to the end of the year that if we caught it or killed it, we could eat it. So as long as it came from the woods, you know, from that healthy lifestyle that those animals live or, or the rivers, then we could eat it, but we couldn't go and buy the animal products. And, and unfortunately, I think that was probably like one of the worst years that we had for for hunting and fishing. But it was it was cool that way i don't know i just think i gained a little bit more of a respect for wildlife in general and how we use wildlife you know what kind of environment are these animals being raised in and how are we using them are we using them just because we want a nice steak or you know are we using it during a winter time where you need more fruits and vegetables and there's not as many of them around i don't know with our with our new society and the way we can get meat anywhere, it's 
it's a little bit of a difficult subject. And I definitely think it's more of a personal question for yourself, whether that's your path or not. But I would definitely say that everyone should at least explore it once in their life and be dedicated to being vegan for however long they want to for at least a month and see the the benefits from it. Now we live a mostly vegan life is what I would say being married. I mean, we eat pretty healthy, but my family to this day are vegan-ish. It's a new term that we created because we they still enjoy a nice piece of meat every now and then or a, a milkshake or whatever. But That's interesting. It, it sounds like it's a lot about balance for you guys and that I, I think that's a healthy way to live. So is the, is the meat that you guys consume, is that mostly game then, like things that you guys have hunted? Yeah, it has been over the years. Um, nowadays, I would say probably not. Um, I mean, if they do, if they are craving like anything, any kind of animal product, like they'll just go and buy it. But during that time and for a long while after, that's how it worked. If we wanted, if we wanted some meat or something like that, we would have to go and get it. Um, when it comes to dairy products, we we just kind of stay away from dairy. It's so bad for you. It, it, it's really bad for you. So, but I mean, even every now and then we crave some nice cheesy something. Everyone loves their cheesy cheesy snacks. So, I think that it's that's probably a, a temptation that's more of a buying than a going out and finding some wild <laughs> cow or something <laughs> and getting it yourself. <laughs> I I would love to see a society where like dairy cows just roam free, live off the land. And if you want milk or cheese, you have to like wander into the forest and like quietly sneak up, yep. place your pail under the cow and then start milking it. I think that would be, that would be hilarious. Uh, a very funny It'd world. It'd be a lot more in. difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Milk would definitely be a... Um, a delicacy would be a unique thing, a unique treat to get. Hey guys, Future Alex back again. Just reminding you, we do have an Instagram page. It's at My Wax Museum. Now, here's that clip I promised you. What's at the top of your bucket list? I was trying to think of that. I really don't know. Probably like traveling outside of the country in general. Uh, I've always, I have always wanted to go to Ireland. I think that's a, a dream vacation of mine but leave the country in general would be a first for me. So that's probably at the top right now. You've never left the US, eh? I think I have for a total of about 15 seconds when I was down in Tucson along the border and I didn't realize that I had stepped over the other side and got yelled at had to come back. <laughs> oh, wow. So if you'd like more interesting clips like that, you can follow us on Instagram at MyWaxMuseum. Pretty simple. It's just the name of the show and with that back to the show kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the interview with your with your new major um fish and wildlife is that kind of the major or yeah it's a fisheries range and wildlife management i'm just emphasizing in the wildlife part of it right okay so tell me a little bit about i guess what you're learning in the major like what kind of classes you take and stuff and then where where that leads you yeah so um it's mostly just studying studying those three categories it's a lot of biology um a lot of different kinds of science classes of different 
uh, categories. I'm pretty excited for uh, ornithology class, which is the study of birds. I love birds. That's something that I got from my dad for sure. Um, but yeah, it's m mostly just studying the habits of wildlife or rangeland and, you know, managing cattle or whatever kind of product you're pushing out there. Um, and then fisheries, I believe, is its, its, is its own category as well, where we're going to probably go to the local fishery and just do some studying on how it's run. Um, it's all about the last part of it, though, the management. It's making sure that all of our range fisheries and wildlife are being managed to a point where we're not, you know, being irresponsible with how we're using animals or treating animals in, in our country. So I'm excited for it. I'm all about preservation that way. So you're, you're obviously like a very conscious person, like you're aware of, you know, the effect that your eating habits have on the world, on the environment, on, you know, your culture and on your health. Um, and you're, you're very interested in, like you said, preservation. Um, is there is there any certain impact that you are hoping to have uh, in your future career? That's a good question. Um, I definitely, I definitely would like to have a greater impact, other than you know just joining up with uh, a company and making a difference that way. I think it would be cool if I somehow came up with either some sort of invention or an idea that would help out a population of the elk or the birds or the fish. Um, I definitely think that that would be something I'm interested in pursuing for sure. Right now, I just want to get my major and I'll look into that after I graduate. But I would like to have a greater impact than just the major itself. I know birds in particular are, um, are a population of concern. Um, depending on depending on the species of bird if you ask me there might be too many canada geese flying around but that's just my opinion are you planning to go back to montana obviously you're like a montana boy like you love montana you love your state which is awesome is that where you want to end up and if so why yeah i definitely think that that's where we want to end up i mean both my parents and my parents in law are are up there so i think that that's where we'd like to be, at least around there. I mean, being next to family is great for so many reasons, but at least being close to family is definitely a necessity, I think, for our marriage. But yeah, Montana would be great. I'd love to love to be in Montana. I've also looked into different places in Idaho, uh, Coeur d'Alene, which is right next to Missoula, where I'm from. It's only like two hours away. It's a beautiful spot. We've thought about living there in the in the future but who knows where we'll end up just depends on where they want to put me i guess whoever wants to take me is there anywhere you wouldn't go that's also a good question um i don't know ever after having spent a bunch of time in arizona i definitely could say that i don't want to live anywhere where it's hot <laughs> i like the cold um the heat is just it's too much for me I, I get dehydrated really easy, get overheated a lot. So anywhere where it's cold is fine with me. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I, another thing you mentioned in our quick questions, um, 
beforehand is that you want to go to Ireland and that you've never left the United States except for for a brief accident. Uh, so um, tell me why, like, why Ireland and what maybe what kind of other things would you be interested in exploring outside of your home country? Good question. Um, I think, I don't know, for Ireland purposes, I think that it's just very beautiful. Um, I think both my history, my family history and my wife's family history, you know, have roots there um, somewhere along the line. Um, but I just love their culture as well. I think that they're very interesting and the places are uncomparable to any other parts of the world. And I definitely want to explore some of their remote areas. They have a lot of kind of more rainy, mossy territory. And I, I really like that kind of environment. But as far as anywhere else to go, I would, I mean, I'll take a trip anywhere outside of the country. <laughs> um, but anywhere in Europe would be fun. Uh, South America would be fun. I still have, I guess, a little bit of family in Peru. I was just talking to my grandma about that. That's where she was born and raised. And Peru would be fun for that reason as well, going and kind of connecting with my heritage, my family history, but also just exploring the pretty scenery, the different environment for sure. Is there any particular scenery um, that you would have to say is the most beautiful scenery in the world? Probably Montana. And I know that's really biased, but I have seen lots of other places just in pictures. And maybe it is just the being there in a physical way that makes it more beautiful to me. But I don't know. I definitely think it's probably, I mean, the whole Northwest, really up into Canada, out to Alaska, the whole area, the whole region is just breathtaking. So I, I, I might be biased too, but yeah, I have to agree. Um, that is really interesting. Um, and I, I, I love that our conversation has kind of revolved around like the natural world. Uh, but I think, I think I want to maybe take a step away from that and, and hear about the, the rest of your life. Like what are the things that you work on and what are the things, um, that you try and do, uh, just on a regular basis? Uh, I am, I'm a kind of a person that's very goal oriented. I, I always, I'm setting goals for myself. Uh, and I don't know where I developed this from, but maybe it was just my work ethic from my father. Uh, that's something that he really kind of left with me as far as like, you know, a lasting imprint of who my dad is. He, he is a very hardworking person and is always working on something. He's a, but he knows, knows how to have fun too. Um, I just remember being a little kid and I'm sure most people have an experience like this where you hear dad's car pull into the garage and you're sitting there watching TV and you're like, oh crap, I haven't done my chores. And you hop up and you go and put a broom in your hand or something, make it look like you're busy. Otherwise you'll get put to work. And that's just how I, how I was raised. So I always want something to do and want to be challenging myself to be doing something. And that's where I'm at now. Um, I I'm always setting new challenges for myself um, on my Instagram page. That's just kind of where I've been using it lately as far as 
the challenges that I set for myself, but just pushing yourself, I think, to do your next big thing or to do something important is is my motto. It's kind of what I live for is just always pushing myself to do something. Yeah, yeah, and I, I've really enjoyed um, seeing the way that you do that on your Instagram. Right now, um, right now, as of recording, you're doing cold showers, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, right now, the challenge is 30 days of cold showers, I believe, if I'm looking at my notebook correctly here. I'm only on day six. I didn't check off today, but I did it this morning. So I'm only six days into it, but out of 30 days, yeah, I, uh, I'm i doing nothing but cold showers. I can't use hot water. So it's been intense. It's only been less than a week, and it's been pretty intense. Because I think there's like almost a mythology around cold showers, right? Like there's this idea that it, you know, magically makes your world better. Mm-hmm. In six days, maybe that's not long enough to tell, but in six days, do you feel like it's made a difference? Do you feel like it's improved or has it been suffering or do you enjoy it? Like w- what are you getting out of it? Yeah, the first few days have been miserable for sure. I mean, it's like every single time it's time to take a shower, I'm like, oh, great. Like I get to get to take a shower, you know, it's usually like a, relaxing comfortable experience for most people (laughs) and coming up to the shower I'm like oh yeah I'm doing this challenge I can't use hot water and it's definitely uncomfortable every time so far for the first little bit it's been uncomfortable I mean it's so cold my hands and my toes go numb Um, but I definitely think that there are benefits I mean I feel way more awake Um, more focused for a longer period of time. I mean, my mornings are probably the time where I'm least focused, but since the cold showers, I feel way more alert and attentive. As far as the health benefits go, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of articles of that say that cold showers, you know, they engage your muscles more. They also work your heart more, which is true. I mean, cold weather in general does that. Um, it, It helps your heart, you know, pump harder. Uh, I've been trying to, if you don't know who Wim Hof is, he's, he's nicknamed the Iceman. Go look him up. He's, he's crazy, but he has this breathing technique that is supposed to be able to help you to withstand cold temperatures. And I've been trying that for the past couple of days and I think it's working. Uh, I think that, you know, just focusing on intense breathing has somehow helped me to withstand it because the past couple of days. And maybe I'm just used to the cold showers, but the past couple of days have been fine. I mean, that initial shock of getting in is still there, but after I'm in the water and I've already gotten the like, oh, it's cold experience out of the way, it's it's fine and it's refreshing and I, I've really enjoyed it. That's interesting. I'm curious then, um, if you're starting to enjoy it, do you think at this point, do you think this is something you're going to continue to do after the 30 days or are you going to go back to the warm showers? I'll probably go back to the warm showers, at least a little <laughs> bit, at least a little bit. Uh, the cold is definitely something that I want to keep doing though. I think just looking at it from this perspective so far, I mean, I got another, either the rest of the 30 days and I can't, really see myself getting to the end of that 30 days and saying like, well, that was a fun challenge, but no more. Um, and I'm sure I'll see way more benefits too by the end of the 30 days. And I'm excited to post about it too. I have people asking me questions all the time, which I absolutely welcome and encourage. Um, 
but people are reaching out all, always and saying like, how's the cold water going? Have you noticed anything different? I'm doing it with you. I love it. It's great. And some people are doing it with me and they hate it, but uh, I'll, I'll probably keep doing it for sure. It is, it is an interesting thing. And I really love the idea of, you know, the experiment, you try something for 30 days, you find out, you know, do I enjoy this? Is this something that I want to keep doing? As, as we wrap up here, I'll, I'll give you a second um, after this next question to kind of plug Q&A days as well and, uh, and your personal Instagram. Um, but this is kind of the last big interview question that I always ask everybody, uh, which is, at the end of your life, however long you get, hopefully, you know, medical technology improves enough and you're 150 years old and you're looking back at everything you've accomplished, um, all the people you've met, all the cool things you've done. And I'm curious, what are the things you're most proud of and what are you most satisfied with from that long life? I think that um, Abraham Lincoln comes to my brain. You know, he said, I would like it have said of me by those who knew me best that I plucked a thistle and planted a rose where I thought a rose would grow. Um, I would like that to be, I don't know, I guess what people say of me at the end of my life is that I was a happy person who did their best to make others happy and um, definitely think that I am adventurous, but I would like to be known as the, the type of adventurer who pushed people to test their own limits, uh, encourage people to to have their own adventures. I, I think especially nowadays, people are just way too focused on technology and having an adventure virtually. It's way more rewarding to have it on your own and to go out and have experiences. Um, that's why, you know, I challenge myself to do this kind of, these kind of things and to go and travel for two months by myself and, you know, to do these little short little challenges. I think that that's what I want people to know about me is that I, I was an adventurous person who was kind and taught others to be the same way. And that much has been made apparent in this conversation. Um, so with that, uh, would you mind telling us where, where people can find you and maybe, maybe tell us a little bit briefly about Q and a days and what you're doing there too. Yeah, absolutely. So my tag is on Instagram is just dev Tom day 13. It's D E V T O M D A Y 13. Um, I mean, you can always message me there, come and follow me. I'll follow you back. Um, uh, I, that's where I post my stories. Um, it's also just kind of my personal page. So you'll see a little bit of that here and there, but that's where I do my challenges. Um, and as far as Q and a days go, that's mine and my wife's page. Uh, what we do is we are basically just a Q and a type of couple. We will, what we do is we go out and we try to find random people to ask a question to. Um, and we just record their answers. A lot of people don't want to be recorded. Um, but that's what we try to do is catch a recording or some sort of description of, you know, what their answer is to a question. Um, that being said, go follow us there. It's just Q N and the letter N a days, um, on Instagram and feel free to message us a question that you'd like us to ask to people. Um, we'll probably try to grow that platform a lot more in the future. Um, 
we just like interacting with people. And that's something else I think that people miss out on a lot. You know, most people pass by hundreds of other people in their day and no one says hi to each other. Everyone's got their headphones in or their heads in their phone. And um, some people, some people talk to other people, but we want to try to break those barriers and just have a conversation with people. So come on over and see what we have to offer and maybe help us out with some questions that we can ask other people. That's excellent. I'll have links for all of those in the show notes so that people can go and check those out. Um, I've really enjoyed following them and I just love how, I don't know, how enlightening and in interesting you guys are trying to make it because uh, it's definitely not, um, it's just open. And, it, it, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you joining me here. So, Devin, thank you once again. Thank you. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.